Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Rungren Radio. We appreciate you listening. You are here for episode 18 of the Rungren Radio Quarantine. We are here to try to keep you sane, a little temporary sanity in this unusual time of COVID-19. I am your host, Doug. My co-host, Melinda, a.k.a. Cruiser Mel, is taking the night off. She does that every now and then, just like I do. It's all good. She should be back for next week's show. We'll be back Tuesday night as usual. And we expect to have special guest John Boutte, a major musician in the New Orleans jazz scene, who was on Todd's White Knight album, the song Beginning of the End. We have a great guest tonight, Betty Levette. She was on Todd's album White Knight for the song Naked and Afraid. Most of you know that already. We're going to play that for you so you can hear it again. Betty has a ridiculous resume of greatness. So we are not going to be able to cover everything. There's no way. All kind of different stuff. Many albums, many decades. But if you want to get caught up in all of Betty's things, she has a book called A Woman Like Me. You can get that online and you can find out plenty about Betty. Or you can visit her website, BettyLevette.com, and read her bio. Great place to get caught up and get some music from Betty, too, if you want. As far as announcements go, not much going on in the Todd world. He's supposed to be touring, postponed right now. They're booking him for August, and that's subject to change. As you all know, nobody's really sure when concerts and things like that will resume, but right now that's the plan. Stay in touch on that as much as you can. Also on the Todd front, the Utopia DVD set is out, which features Moogie Klingman and the Utopia group for the Highline Ballroom show many years ago when Moogie had cancer. It was a benefit show. And then they did one in Peekskill without Moogie. The band had to continue without him because he got sick. And then eventually, during that tour, unfortunately passed away. Rest in peace, Moogie Klingman. We really do miss him. A good time to buy that is May 1st because the website toddrungren.bandcamp.com they're going to waive their revenue share basically and give it to musicians because of the effects of their career on COVID-19. So that's nice of them. May 1st is the day to get it. toddrungren.bandcamp.com Lots of good stuff still for sale on toddstore.com website. They've had some unique things like a flag that they sold that was used back in the day. And then they have had, excuse me, a stripe shirt from the Akron Civic Rungan Radio promoted Todd Rungan Orchestra Show. And the final product was a black shirt, solid black. So this is a one of a kind. Keith Kaufman grabbed it almost immediately. We posted that on Facebook. We got a lot of stuff going on over there. Astral Drive, Phil Thornley. We got some Facebook Live from him on there, which... He did some of the Astral Drive songs, which is a phenomenal album, as you know. So that's definitely worth checking out if you come to our Facebook page, Todd Rungren Rungren Radio. Jesse Gress, Todd's long-time touring guitarist, former editor of Guitar Player Magazine, has a GoFundMe. Jesse got real sick, had the flu, pneumonia, and sepsis all at the same time, and it looks like he is going to need a lung transplant and has a lot of medical bills. So you can help him out. You can find that information on our Facebook page or you can go to Jesse has a Facebook page that Janice Marie runs that's very popular. Or you can go to GoFundMe.com and 
search Jesse Gress. Or you can always email us, Doug at RungRadio.com. He's at 42,000 plus. The goal is 50,000. I think that we'll hit that goal. We'll see. Don't forget about Jesse. Check out the GoFundMe. One more announcement to go. Magistris.net, M-A-G-I-S-T-R-I-S, is where you can get the CD that Mark Wooden created that has Todd on it, has a little chasm on it, a little prairie on it. Very unique CD. If you purchase it this month, the remaining few days, some of the proceeds will go to the Jesse Gress Fund we just mentioned. Magistris.net. So that's a wrap for announcements. How quick was that? Now it's time to go here from Betty Levette. This must be Betty. <laughs> <laughs> you with is this me? Doug? This is Doug. Hi, baby. How, How are you? I'm doing pretty well. How are things going with you with the COVID situation? Well, I'm inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if things are not going, I'm well. Uh, my, my family's all well. We're all inside. Y'all doing the same? Yes, we're still doing the, doing the quarantine thing. Is this uh, the most incredible thing you've ever seen or heard tell of? <laughs> I, I think it's got to be. How about you? Absolutely. I mean, if you weren't around when they announced the Second World War, this is the first time that the entire world has been in the same situation. <laughs> yeah, that's saying a lot. This is, this is <laughs> one of the uh, most unique situations yeah, I might ever see. I don't know, but the... How does it affect you for – can you do things at work at home, record or do anything, or do you, do you want to do any of that stuff, or how are you passing time? Oh, I love television so much more than I do recording. <laughs> really? <laughs> We've just finished my uh, my uh, next uh, CD, and I'm not one of those people, certainly when I was younger maybe so, but to have – to be working on music all of the time. If you see me working on music – that's getting ready to happen. I don't really work at this point on things that I hope will happen. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to talk about your new record, but first I want to hear what kind of stuff you watch on television out of curiosity. Oh, I love politics. Absolutely love politics and history and uh, anything where they had to solve anything forensically. Mm. I think that probably had I had the patience to be a student, I may have, I maybe would have liked being a forensic science scientist. Although every uh, yeah. time I got ready to look at a body or something, I closed my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't. You wouldn't have been able to pass that test then. <laughs> right. <laughs> what do you like? Fake shows like Cold Case, or do you watch documentaries about that kind of stuff? You know, that's so funny. I hadn't watched Cold Case in a long time, and just before. The phone rang. I was going through the little scroll, and I stopped on, on Cold Case, but it was one of the shows that I've watched all the time. I mostly watch, uh, in terms of that kind of thing, I like forensic files. So all day long, and then I love Bar Rescue. Anytime you're changing anything from what it originally was, I like that fixing over a house <laughs> or a bar or whatever. And uh, all day long, I, I do that. And my husband does everything that is alive on the Internet, wherever it's located. He has the telephone number and address, and he's with him all day long. And then we meet at dinner, and then we watch, uh, you know, things that are uh, more serialistic, you know, that come on every week or every mm-hmm. month or whatever, like The Walking Dead or something like that. But so, television and I happened during this at the same time. 
So uh-huh. we were born at the same time, and I and I love it. I've loved it all of my life. Love TV. It's changed a lot over the years. <laughs> what kind of news do you watch? Where do you get your news information, your political stuff from? I watch Fox, MSNBC, and uh, CNN. I like to get all points of view, whatever they have on PBS, their news hour or whatever, but I like to hear mm-hmm. what everybody's saying. And I, my kitties wake me up at 6 o'clock in the morning, so I get up and I will watch Morning Joe then and see what's going on. And then the rest of the day, if I hear something early in the morning, I like to follow the story all day, see how it changed, mm-hmm. see who lies about it. The whole bit, it's it's very much like a political soap opera for me because I'll, I'll watch a couple of shows, a couple of sayings that started at 6 o'clock in the morning and see where they wind up at 6 in the evening. I'm sure it's vastly different. You had your album in 2018, ironically in a way, I guess, that came out right in March, so maybe just a minute late, but it's called Things Have Changed. Um, that would probably be an appropriate album for this year. <laughs> if you could, oh, honey, you could, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, almost two years to the to the dime that we had to start quarantining. Uh, so what is the name of the new record? Blackbirds with an Blackbird. S. All right, Blackbirds. Blackbirds. Tell us a little bit about that record, if you don't mind. Well, it's um, a collection of songs that were written, I mean, performed, uh, mm-hmm. maybe a couple of them written, but performed chiefly by the bridge that I came across on. I think that this group of women just aren't spoken enough about, I think, maybe Billie Holiday, because of the movie that was made about her, uh, maybe some younger people would know that name a bit more. Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe they know Bessie Smith, Ruth Brown, Nancy Wilson. But the people that happened from about 45 to when I started, those mm-hmm. were the original black rhythm and blues singers, Dinah Washington. And these people are not spoken about a lot. So I wanted to do their tunes. Uh, I did one by those women I named, one by Nina Simone, one by Ruth Brown. And the name Blackbirds, oh, it comes from the uh, the Beatles tune, Blackbird. And it's a song I most people, gosh, I'm surprised at how many people don't realize that because the British called their women birds, He's singing about a black woman singing or a black girl singing. And so that's why I decided to name it Black Birds. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> so this is coming out in August, is that right? Yes. Okay. So everybody you can get this in August in, uh, on Amazon or other places you want to download it. I'm sure everywhere. It'll be available all over the place. Yes. So that'll, that'll be great. Yes, okay, I think good. that they um, they released the first single a Nina Simone song uh, about two, three weeks ago, and then they're going to do another one in another week or so. Excellent. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen after that, but it's... Um, <laughs> okay, well, let's play that song. Let's play it.
grudge There's no resentment underneath I'll extend the laurelry And we'll just be friends But right there is where it is I'll forgive you your mistakes But please forgive me If I take it all to heart And never let this thing start again I'm the kind of individual You can step on for a while When I call it quits, baby, that's it I'm the kind of person you might hurt once in a while But crawling ain't my style I don't hold no grudge Deep inside me there's no regrets But a woman who's been forgotten May forgive But never forget You see I'm the kind of individual You can step on for a little while But when I call it quits Baby, that's it Person you might hurt once in a while. Ain't my style. I don't hold no grudge. Deep inside me, there ain't no regrets. But a woman who's been forgotten may forgive. But never.
I feel really good at, at having done the songs, and I was so happy to have such an a imaginative producer as Steve Jordan help me re realize these songs because when I heard them in the original form, the words are one thing, but the things you put around it is another, and I didn't want them put in the same clothing that they were in when these women recorded them. Mm-hmm. I tend to sound a little bit more like James Brown than I do a girl. <laughs> so <laughs> I wanted all that. <laughs> so a, a, a guy that was born and raised in Harlem was able to help me do that. <laughs> uh, perfect. Yeah. Were you planning on taking this out on the road this year before yes. all this mess? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Everything was to start May 8th. And uh, we had rehearsed. We were getting ready to go and march forward. And so now I don't even know what's going to happen. It's almost as if we're making it up as we go along. Yeah, I think that's true. It's like some some rumors. People think we're not going to do any concerts, and some are rescheduled for August. Who knows? But uh, yeah, anyway. I, I really don't have that much faith in in August. I think that this is probably going to be the first possibly record-issuing cycle that is chiefly going to be done online. Yes. Yeah. Melody, you could do have – you, have you done any of these online shows like some people are doing? Are you considering that at all? You know, I'm being, um, I'm being inducted into the Blues Hall of Fame. That was also mm-hmm. to happen around May 8th. Everything for me was supposed to happen <laughs> between around 8th, May 5th, and May 15th. And uh, I've also been nominated as, as Blue Singer of the Year. And those things would happen in May as well, those two ceremonies together. And then the album was to come out. So I have to do, I'm going to have to do something technological for all three of those things. Okay, so they have. do they have a plan for the Blues Hall of Fame now that they're not doing it live? Yeah, I believe that they're going to do it. Uh, it's it's going to be a show online. I don't okay. know how they're going to put it together. Really <laughs> well, congratulations. And we hope it'll we'll go, get to it'll see go on record here. anyway. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. All right, well, I'm going to take uh, Catherine Sowers call. She's from Florida, if that's all right. She's got some questions she wanted to ask you. And Okay. How about it, Catherine? Hey, hi there. Hi, Miss Lavette. Thank you so much. Hi, for baby. How are you? Time. Oh, I'm just so excited to speak with you, Miss Lavette. Honestly, I've been living, breathing your music for the last 24 hours. I just Why kept just finding last myself 24 going. Hours? <laughs> well, well, just because I wanted to cram for this, I didn't really know about this until just a couple of days ago, and I'm working mm-hmm. and all that. But honestly, I, I just kept my, I kept going through your songs, and every time I would listen to these songs, I was like, holy shit. Oh, baby, thank my, you. She's my French, but it was, like, <laughs> mind-blowing. Thank you so much. Um, um, I watched a couple of interviews, and um, during mm-hmm. the Paste Magazine mini-concert that you did, the interviewer mm-hmm. asked you, you know, what do you look for when you choose a song and what appeals to you? And I'd like to read what you said because I think it's incredibly wonderful. It, this okay. is what you said. You said, what appeals to you? What do you look for when you choose? Me. I'm looking for nothing but me. It's a completely self-centered, selfish move. I'm looking for nothing but me, what I can master, what I can dominate, what will sound better on me than whoever recorded it. Not since I was a young girl did I try to find the other artist in the song or try to match that or whatever. Honey, I'm looking for nothing but Betty Lovett. And I thought, thank God. 
thank God, because, you know, you know, this is Todd Rundgren, Rundgren Radio, so we're all rabid fans of Todd Rundgren. He's exactly the same. That has been his philosophy since yes. day one. You guys yeah. perform, you arrange, you interpret to please yourselves. And, yes, how, you know, there's absolutely. so few of you. There's so few of you who are true to yourselves. And so I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for Todd. Uh, honestly, Miss Lavette, I, I was I, one of the things I listened to was your your 2008 Kennedy Center Honor Center performance of the Who's Love Rain or Me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Betty Lavette.
and I listened to several other interpretations, I mean, like, of wildly popular songs, like Crazy by Gnarls Barkley. I had never heard it before in my life. Wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> it, it Ain't Me Babe by Bob Dylan. And, and this, this one really, honestly, I, I, I had to stop the song. It's, ah. it's Don't Come Easy by Ringo Starr. You changed that. I mean, you transformed that song from a pop song into something that was, I mean, R&B deep. It was deep. sang the blues You gotta pay some dues Cause it ain't coming easy You don't have the shout Or thrash all about You can take it real easy Forget about the past And all your the future, it won't last It'll soon be old tomorrow I don't ask for much All I want is trust But I know it don't come easy But it ain't growing easy Open up your heart Let's come together If we use a little bit of love We can
I'm sorry about the swearing, but yeah, it just kept happening through every song. Um, so thank you, honey. Thank I'm you so like- glad that you had a chance to listen and hear so many things at one time. If I could mm-hmm. trap everybody in their homes, maybe we should take advantage of this and send everybody everything I've ever recorded. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> so we got sure. you now. We got the time. Yeah. I'd be happy captive. I would be so oh, happy to Oh, baby, thank you so much music. for listening. And you're remarkable. So, you know, those songs that I, you know, you take, you take it, you rip it apart emotionally. It, you're elongating a phrase or a word, you know, and listening to those songs that I mentioned, I did not recognize the tune and the words. I'm a big word person. And when the words started coming, I was like, what? what? And every word popped the way you <laughs> phrased it the way you hugged it the way you you know you squeeze it or and, and honest to god i uh the rawness the honesty i have never experienced those songs like that before i think you totally did them better than the original artist oh, um, i was wow. so flattered uh, that uh, bob uh dylan's manager got a chance to listen Two uh, things have changed just a little before it came out. He's friends with a friend of mine, and he said that he didn't recognize most of them until we got to the chorus. And I, <laughs> I thought that was I, that was just one of the greatest compliments I've I've ever had. And uh, then we were able to, and fortunate enough to have Larry Campbell play on the recording, mm-hmm. and he said, I've wanted to do these songs differently for so many years. So he just dove right into it. Feeling good to you, Betty? Good. Something that just too hot 
human mind can only stand so much You just can't win with a losing hand A lot of other stuff too Don't get up gentlemen I'm just passing through People are crazy Times are strange I'm locked in tight And I'm way out of range I used to care But things have changed He ain't doing me no good It's got me all fucked up I should be in Hollywood Just for a second there I thought I saw something move Gonna take dancing lessons Gonna learn to jit up the rag I ain't taking no shortcuts I might even dress and drag Only a fool here Would think it's got anything to prove Feel like falling in love With the very next man I see Grab him by the hand and Go running on down the street People are crazy Times are strange I'm locked in tight and I'm way Range. I used to care, but things have Somebody and not even know it The next 60 seconds Could be like an eternity Gonna get low down Fly real high All the truth in the world Ain't nothing but one big lie I'm in love with a man That don't even appeal to me Just go and jump in the lake I ain't so eager To make that kind of mistake 
range I'm locked in tight But I'm way out of range I used to care But things have changed 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 And uh, for me, I can't hear them the way another singer <laughs> hears them. I can only sing them the way I hear them. I don't. I think that people think I go through great changes to make this sound different or that. If I like the tune and choose to do the tune, it's because there's something about it that appeals to me. The words or something and then i sing those words the way they make me feel you know that i i can't i don't know how the the other person feels at uh, i thought with the, the one that you named it ain't me babe i said this man can write some of the coldest things and just whistle and walk on away <laughs> i said if you're telling me to go and jump off a ledge i I take umbrage with that, and I have a little feeling about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, you know, just because of the way you style and you interpret these songs, was it a challenge for you to interpret Todd's song, Naked and Afraid? No. um, Lush Life by Billy Strayhorn is is, is a difficult song to say. And Sophisticated Lady same out of the same group. Those, those are difficult songs to sing. The rest of them are just songs. I rehearsed and practiced in my head Lush Life for 30 years before anybody ever heard me sing it out loud. <laughs> I used to visit all the very gay places The come one may places Where one relaxes on the axis of the wheel of life To get the feel of life From jazz to cocktails The guys I knew had satin, sullen, gray faces Distinct gay faces it used to be that you could see where they'd been washed away By two minutes through the day Twelve o'clock tales Then you came along with your silent song To tempt me to madness for a while that your poignant smile was tempted with sadness of a great love for me 
Oh, yes. I was wrong. Oh, yeah. I was wrong. Life is lonely.
he knew that it was going to be strange fruit for James Brown, not strange <laughs> fruit for Billy Holiday. <laughs> and he, he did the music accordingly. So the songs sound different because I feel different about them than the people who originally did them. And to actually just refre- repeat somebody's pain or somebody's anger, I don't, I, don't, I don't understand how that works. How can I feel exactly the way you felt about what was said to you? <laughs> I, 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 I don't understand how one can do that. So when you cover records, you sing them exactly the way the other person felt. And I don't know, other than being like a minor bird, even if no matter how <laughs> great the singer was, if you sound exactly like them, then that must have come from either you thought they sung it perfectly or you sing it, you feel exactly the way they felt about it. And I don't understand how to do that. <laughs> In no. that world. Well, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful you don't understand how to do that. Because, <laughs> because of that, we get a whole unique take on these songs that were, you know, in some, for some generations, those, some of those songs are classics. And um, this is a new classic. It's, 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 it can't be compared. It really just can't be compared. It's a completely different interpretation. And I, I think, you know, I'm a fan by now. I'm kind of embarrassing myself. Um, yeah. But um, you're well, making me feel um, so good. You're, you're supposed to make. I've, I've learned here from this corona thing that I'm a part of the elderly. You're supposed to make the elderly feel good. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm not a very good liar, so you know I'm honestly speaking from my heart. I'm, a, I'm, I just, I love you. I, love, I thank I love you so much. I love your talent. Um, I thank you so much. One of the things that has been lacking from my whole career is people's knowledge of me. So when somebody says that I've listened to all of your stuff or I know all of your stuff, I'm that's really the that's a greater compliment to me than I really like the way you sing. I've heard you. I've listened to all of your stuff. That's just that's a great compliment to me. Well, we like to bring you to bring you to a different audience sometimes. You know, some people. And typically what we see is Todd fans will accept people that have done stuff with Todd, and then they'll start buying their music, and then they'll fall in love with it sometimes, and this sounds like this is one of those situations. And so um, we that's why we like having you on and having people on and talking about their new stuff. I know uh, that Catherine's going to buy your Blackbirds album when it's available. But the, uh, <laughs> she brought up Naked and Afraid that you did with Todd. Is that How does that work? I mean you had a – Y'all probably didn't meet to do that. You had to send him a clip or something. He'd tell no, you, he sent me. He sent me the the track, and I just and the lyrics, and mm-hmm. so I just listened to that. And usually, I, in fact, I I, I got into the habit from it from having so many back to back flop records. I had made it a habit of not learning the words per se to the song, just learning the gist of them. And whatever, so I'm usually reading them. But what I do is I take the words that I need in my heart and I put them there. Then I may have to look at the paper for his or the other, or they went that away, <laughs> or whatever, but not for the real meaning of the tune. So he sent me um, the track and the lyrics. And I went over it a few times. Remember, none of these things are lush life. Or sophisticated lady to me. Right. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. 
Oh, no. They don't strike me as difficult. Did you take liberties then? Did you change the lyrics, you think? Or did it oh, I'm exactly sure I did. I, <laughs> I can't even remember exactly yeah. how it goes now. But it, it sometimes yeah. words, uh, it may be the slightest thing, but it just mm-hmm. isn't the way I would say it. If I were talking to you, you might say they went that away, and I want to say they went this away. You mm-hmm. know, so it, it sometimes it's as slight as that, just to make it come out of my mouth easy.
How did y'all start a relationship or Todd find you? Was it through Eric or how did y'all start up a relationship where he wanted you to be on this album? We um, we did a performance together at the uh, Rose Bowl, a tribute to the Beatles, which okay. is where yeah, that big one. Blackbird yeah. originally came from mm-hmm. for me. And gotcha. uh, we just really became fast friends, just seriously. We just liked each other the moment we saw each other. And then when his manager, Eric Gardner, came to see him during that performance, he and I became affiliated, and I was with Eric for maybe three or four years or so. Mm-hmm. You know, so we stayed in contact because of that. And any time Todd has had something to say to me or about me, he could get, you know, right to me. And we had started uh, talking about doing an album. In fact, when I first got with Eric, uh, but I think, that, I don't know, somebody signed me or something else happened right immediately. And that's the thing of it. I don't have any leisure time. If somebody throws me a rope right this moment, I have to go that way. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. All right. Catherine, you have any but he questions? Did start, he did start me drinking Kettle One. Kettle One. And two or three other things that I won't mention, but we uh, just uh-huh. were, were immediate, immediate friends. Just immediate. Do you mix your kettle one with Propel by chance, or you just have it make martinis? Oh, just over uh, rocks. Over the rocks, a little kettle one. All right, good stuff. Yeah, my family <laughs> used to sell corn liquor. I don't yeah. put anything yeah. in drinks. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Todd would say. Yep. Yep. One of my great, great grievances is, well, being from Detroit, and even with many of the people that I've met, now I'm of their ilk. This is my 57th year in show business, and so few of them have lent a hand of any kind to help me. And every time that Todd has had the opportunity, he has extended his hand, and I'm just so grateful to him for that. Oh, that's That's very nice. That's great to hear. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah, he has hey, championed I'm, me wherever he's gone. If they if they need a little bitty black chick, <laughs> I know one. <laughs> <laughs> <There you go. laughs> oh. uh. Can I ask a couple of just lighthearted questions, and then you can go on to the other other interviewer? Sure. Okay, All this right. is a little lighthearted. Um, I read a little bit about your collaboration while doing Bob Dylan's songs, and you said he complains. He just complains, and long, long complaints go on and on. And so I and you mentioned you said, and I complain too. So this was perfect. And I was going to say, what's your biggest complaint right now these days? Oh, that this thing here that's happened, and uh, probably the present president. Yep, but that's uh, oh, I, I believe. You know, I'm I'm very, very old, and the chances, if you look at my contemporaries, I'm the only one of my contemporaries with a new record contract. Most of them are able to afford their own recordings or whatever. I mean, if the people who can or people would want to record now. But the, I'm, there are very few people who are almost 75 who has just been given a contract with the biggest record company in the world. And I, I, so for me to complain, I complain. Kevin is kind of my saving grace because, well, because I'm old, I just complain. But don't nobody else hear it from him. 
you know, congratulations on getting that record deal yeah. because hardly anybody's getting record deals anymore. Right, so absolutely. Huge, so I know what a deal. what a wonderful position that I, I'm in, and and uh, uh, five Grammy nominations in the last ten years. Yeah. I'm I'm very fortunate, and that at this late in my career, I'm grateful for so many things until I feel ashamed when I'm complaining. I really do. <laughs> and my last lighthearted question, you don't have to answer it, is since you and Todd have so much in common. I mean, did, so I hear you both like pot. <laughs> did you guys ever smoke <laughs> together? <laughs> it's legal, man. You can talk about Todd, it. Yeah. Todd gave me the the first and first vaporizer I had ever seen in my life, and I still have it. And oh but the God. thing of it is, is that when Todd was in high school, I had already been smoking for five years. <laughs> <laughs> so he shared new technology. Well, Miss Levesque, uh, I just thank you for taking the time to speak with me and answer my questions and let me. Oh, baby, thank you for your time too. I don't gush too much, like. Like I feel about you, it's just it's it's a real it's a real honor to speak with you, and and I thank you. Thank you. Are you in Alabama as well? No, nope, I'm I'm a native San Franciscan, but I live in uh-huh. Florida because of my husband's job. Oh, I. Otherwise, okay. we would not be here. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's a crooked state, it. man. It's a crooked state. Anyway, well, I, I get to I get to Florida. It seems like a little more than I get to um, Alabama. Uh, My yeah. early career well, brought I me to Alabama a great deal, you. but this this fifth career I call it hasn't brought me to Alabama that much. No, that I tell you, Alabama um, that Fame Fame Music Studio documentary is fantastic. If you know, if you haven't seen it, if anybody hasn't seen it, I'm sure you've seen it. Um, but, but you know, I had I did uh, I don't know if you know my. Uh, Scene of the Crime album, mm-hmm. but that's the only that's thing right. that I ever did at Fame, and we did mm-hmm. it there because Muscle Shows was where I had an infamous album in my career in 1972 that just came out recently, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's been kind of the talk, and the fact that I did the thing with the drive-by truckers whose parents I had recorded with earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Job by truckers. Good stuff. Fame Studios. All right, guys, I appreciate the call. Thank Have you. fun over there in Florida. Thank Come you around. so much, baby, for talking with me. Okay, I, I, I'm going to have to disappoint you because our next guest will not be that giddy and excited about talking to you, although they respect and love you very much. And a, a fellow musician as well, a drummer. You didn't cool. make everybody practice? <laughs> no. <laughs> sort of, yeah. <laughs> What's going on, Dan? Doug, hey, Betty. Can you hear me? Hey, hey baby. Yes, sir. Hey, how are you? My name's Dan. I'm holding on. How you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. It's a kick to talk to you, and I don't know. I don't know where Doug is getting this, but I'm pretty. I'm feeling pretty giddy, actually. <laughs> oh, you're silly goose. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. I'm a also a musician. I play the drums, but you know, I've seen you. I've had the pleasure of seeing you perform a couple of times. Uh, mm-hmm. Here in Boston at the, at the Wilbur Theater, and I, you know, I was trying to remember what song it was, but there actually there was one song where you had me in tears, literally. I, I'll, oh. I'll never forget it. But well, that's I, good. I, you think I want to stand up there and cry by myself? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean you, you, you're just such an amazing singer, and you're, and I just want to say how much I admire you, not only as a performer, but just 
how you were able to just sort of hang in there and, you know, not get the break early on or maybe had the break early, but then hang in there until you got another break later on down the road. And, <laughs> and it's, it's just such an inspiration to me and I know to many others. And I also had the pleasure of seeing you play with Todd in New York about three years ago. Mama worked at the big house Daddy worked for the county Never had no learning Till I turned 16 Then Joe Henry come up the river Y'all made a woman out of me Lord, he made a woman out of me I used to when he gave me the yeah. vaporizer that I had never seen before. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that was a hoot. And, 
I'd certainly love to have a chance to see you perform with him again. You guys obviously had a chemistry going on. It was clear oh, we that... have a. I, I, I was just telling them that I we we just became fast friends immediately. Yeah. Just immediately. Yeah. I mean, nothing happened like well, this happened and he helped me with that. We just met and fell in love. <laughs> yeah. And I gotta say, I, I've seen Todd many times with other people. I haven't mm-hmm. seen him light up that way that he did when he was performing with you. So <laughs> I, ho- I hope we get a chance to see that again. Um, oh, I, I do hope just, so. I do want to make mention of a couple things for any people who are going to listen back to this and who aren't familiar with you. Two clips you should, they should check out are when you did Love, Rain, or Me in D.C. at the Kennedy Senator thing, mm-hmm. which was just incredible. And then singing with John Bon Jovi at, at Obama's inauguration, doing the change yeah. of
my God. I mean, both of those performances were just over the top. So anyway, anyone looking to... to... See what you can get a hungry person to do. (laughs) (laughs) So you must have gotten to meet Obama of one or both of those events, I imagine. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and when you walk in my house, the first thing you see is he and I. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. You see everybody else's wedding pictures, but you see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that was just the the most amazing thing, and certainly as you alluded to my early career, I there's nothing that happened in 1965 or 1975 or 85 that indicated this was going to happen. Not one thing yeah. whatsoever. I meant certainly the people. I've always prided me myself on if you get a chance to to hear me, you'll like me. But just that nobody was hearing me. And that uh, now I'm beginning to garner a broader audience. I keep telling people I thought I was going to die broke and obscure, but now I see I'm just going to die broke because everybody seems (laughs) to know me. (laughs) Well, hopefully you'll be able to get back on the road when all this is over and and not not be so broke. Yeah, I'll look forward to, to that seeing you perform again. Oh yes, I, Boston has has always played such a big part in my career, from the very very beginning to really? whenever it was you saw me there. When I came there the first time, I used to work at Estelle's at least once every six months, and I worked at Revere Beach at a place called the Beach Ball. And there was a big oh, hotel wow. there with name I was I cannot remember for anything, but um, I I we worked in it opened a thing in the basement of this old hotel and it was a thing it got to be a big thing they were booking, in fact I came Don Gardner and Dee Dee Ford that, and I came in right after the Shirelles. they oh, I can't wow. remember the name of the hotel though. And then I came back there with bubbling brown sugar, and all the people got a chance to see me tap dance. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then this, every career, I call this my fifth career, and there hasn't been a career that I've had that uh, Boston hasn't embraced. Really? That's cool. Yeah, I, I actually didn't grow up here, so you know, I, I, I wouldn't have been around here around those those early days. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know I, I certainly know Revere Beach, and I've played along there myself. Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. sure what hotel that would have been, but obviously a big scene. No, this was a hotel downtown. Way. This was oh, a, downtown. a bar in uh, in Revere Beach called the Beach Ball. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is what you has know, been your favorite of those five careers? Probably bubbling brown sugar because I. Most of what I know about songs, especially standards, I learned from old movies, and there would always be the singer dressed so immaculately, and they would come out and sing a song, and that was it. Maybe you see them in another scene in the show or whatever. And being in a play, it's very like that. I had two songs. They just happened to be the two songs that stopped the show. But I had a chance to wear a really pretty red dress, tap dance in a white tuxedo next to Cab Calloway and, and next to Honey Coles. And that's the way wow. I had always imagined show business to be. But I mean, it was easy to let go because I make twice as much money as they do in theater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I had never done anything of that sort. I, I got the part really just 
by chance, Vivian Reed had, was leaving the show, and the show had just won a Tony, and she was doing the lead role, and they couldn't find anyone who could both dance and sing. Now, I could sing, but I had never danced in a play. You know, I could dance like you do when you go to a dance. But uh, I told them that, and they said, well, you learned how to do that. We're going to teach you another one. <laughs> I went at Honey Cole's um, help teach me to tap, and I I just fell in love with it. It was just it was like a really surreal moment for me because it was as I said something I had always imagined show business to be tuxedos mm. and stairs coming downstairs, and <laughs> yeah, singing singing one or two songs. I didn't know that you'd be dead when you came off the stage and had to go to the next town. <laughs> <laughs> theater is a little different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then you might rehearse a theater show as I've done for nine months, and the show run one week. Oh wow! You know, That's a so, lot of work. Yes, <laughs> yes. Betty, I got to say, I'm I'm a big Steve Jordan fan as well, and it sounds like you worked with him on this most recent record too. Mm-hmm. Yep. He. Um, I've, I've been saying that it's, with him, it, it's very much, uh, and with, with this album, well, I guess with the other one, it was kind of like, okay, she's going to do these bizarre tunes, but we're going to have to arrange them for James Brown. <laughs> so, right, right. This is the first black producer I've had since uh, my man. Wow, and, right, uh, right. And I, to to find uh, the only other black producer I know of who has been able to do as many things all over the world as Steve has is Quincy Jones. Mm -hmm. And so I panted and chased him around for like almost 20 years. But Steve and I, our ages are closer to each other. And when I say something bizarre, like this is the way we're going to do It Ain't Me, Babe, it's fine with him. Yeah, and he yeah. knows that you don't have to have strings on everything, and we really just—he understands exactly what I mean. I sing the songs to him the way I want to record them, and then he makes music that goes with the way I sung it. He doesn't make music that goes with the tune. He goes—he makes music that goes with the way I sung the tune, and that is uh, just perfect for me. Yeah, that's a big difference, and and he has such a great feel as a drummer. I mean, his drumming is just mm-hmm. it's just so tasty. Um, these, I think, these this album, you really get a chance to hear. They most musicians tell me the most difficult thing to do is to learn to read music and to learn to accompany someone, and he anticipates me. After he realizes the mood I'm in about the tune, he plays the drums that way. I know that sounds strange, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he had such a, such great experience being on the Letterman Show all those years, and, and oh yeah, and being with the Rolling kind of Stones, and being yeah. with the Rolling Stones. I mean, it's just the a, a broad yeah. range of things that he's done. I've had the opportunity yeah. to be with Cab Calloway, James Brown, and learn tap dance. So this broadness has never matched any of my other producers. 
they've not worked with an artist from the inner city Detroit that wants to sing a Bob Dylan song. You know, so other than the ones that blowing in the wind, knocking on heaven's door, (laughs) that (laughs) whole thing. But Steve um, embraced that, you know. He embraced the fact that I wanted to do that. And as with these songs here that we've just recorded on this Blackbirds album, he embraced the notion of that immediately. We had two or three other concepts that I had offered, and he embraced this one, and then the company embraced it. And so here we are. (laughs) Well, I I look forward to hearing the whole thing. Oh, I look forward to everyone hearing it. I really, these songs have been recorded and made by the bridge that I came across on. I certainly didn't want to do any disrespect whatsoever but I, it was my absolute intention to, to show that there's another feeling about them. Somebody else feels another way about them. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very pleased. I'm very pleased. <laughs> I mean, Doug made a good point when he said um, the song "Things Have Changed" is pretty appropriate for, for the time. <laughs> right. um, but I was, I was actually comparing. The, I, I looked up the lyrics last night. I was comparing the, the Dylan lyric with yours, and you, you do change them. I mean, you, you change them not only for the point of view, like, say, for a woman versus a man singing, but, you know, it looks like you'll pick, maybe drop a verse here and there or move things around a little bit, which I think is, I think makes sense, especially with a Dylan song where sometimes he has so many damn verses. <laughs> oh, well, he says everything that he says five different ways. I tried yeah, to find yeah. the strongest way that he said the same thing and maybe strengthen that up, take... I took strong words out of one line and put them into the line that he had that was just like that. He's just, he, he reminds me of like when you're in Holland, it looks like the alphabet fairy has just flown over the country and dropped all these letters. <laughs> 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 you know, they spell, they spell Mary, M-A-R-Y-Y-Y. <laughs> and, uh, and Bob does that. With uh, his, his songs, it was like, okay, such and such and such thing. Okay, let me put it to you this way. That's, 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 right. it, it, and then again, you could say, <laughs> say right. just say it. When I was talking about him complaining about everything, I've been saying from the stage that just like an old woman, he complains about everything. As if it's a great difference between he and a black woman is I could get that shit settled shortly without all those words. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I, I can't, I can't uh, resist mentioning that Dylan also reinterprets his own songs quite a bit. Matter of fact, I've, I've often heard people complain that they'll go to, they'll go to a Dylan show and they won't recognize half the songs. <laughs> Their songs that they already yeah, know. but he doesn't. He he he, he he changes um, a lot of the music and a lot of stuff, and he doesn't change the meaning of it. But it's too drastic. It it it's um, entirely too drastic. When I change it, I just change it to that story to fit into my mouth. Right. You know, I right. I don't pretend to be. If it was my song, I wouldn't pretend to be three people. This is the way I'd sing it if my name was Mary. This is the way I'd sing it if my name was George. This is the way I'd sing yeah. it, you know. 
And yeah. he, his son um, came to see um, our show at the city winery. And I said, when you talk to your father, I want you to know. I want him to know that I'm very upset that he has not said one word about my album. It's any time you could save somebody's life with the stroke of a pen or raising your hand, yeah, and you won't yeah. do it. So I'll, I'll forever be angry with him about that. And I asked hmm. his son. I said, "Well, what did you think about the album?" He said, "I thought it was great." I said, what do you think your father thought about it? He said, who the fuck knows? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Tell ya, 
right. chose not now, to do it's it. one of the genres you haven't attacked yet, the, re- the religious music. <laughs> it's not on, not I, in have, I actually have one. I did a play, and the play oh, yeah? was about, uh, um, uh, it was something produced in Detroit. And uh, the beginning of it, it's to show how music went from African music to gospel music to the music in the fields and whatever. And mm-hmm. I was in the part where it went from cotton picking to gospel. And I, they actually recorded it. And there's so few copies. I'm sure they probably cost two or $300 a piece now. <laughs> Not because it's so good, because there's so few of them. And I, I recall when you when you performed with Todd in New York, you made mention of I think that your daughter is a music teacher. Is that right? No, she's an elementary school teacher. Oh, elementary mm-hmm. school teacher. I'm sorry. I, mm-hmm. I, I know it was a, it was a benefit for uh, for music education. I thought you mentioned she was a yeah. music teacher. No, she's so, an uh, uh, elementary school teacher. She she along with with several other people are so such proponents of, of music in school. I, yeah. I was such a bad kid. I mean, supposing I couldn't sing or wasn't encouraged to sing. You know, I really think that it would bring so much, and my, as does my daughter, it would bring so much to the students to be able to have music to resort to. I mean, there are probably a million cuts I could have on my face had I not been trying to pre- prepare to be a star. Right. <laughs> You yeah. know, I mean, just the whole gang of things. Well, I'm I'm so glad to have a chance to talk to you, Betty, and I really look forward to hearing your new record. Uh, I, I can't, I'm, yeah, I'm I know so the, glad to talk to you. I think that I'm I'm coming. One of the things that was uh, on the list of of, of um, the promotion tour, which was to start around May the ninth, was the um, City Winery in Boston. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember seeing that. That's too bad. I'll, I'll let you go, but I, I can't resist asking. I know, I know. You obviously a lot of the records you've done recently are, you know, interpretations of other songs with a certain focus, whether it be you know British rock or Bob Dylan, or now, now I guess the, the new one is you know well-known singers that you think need more, you know, could use more attention. I'd love to hear you interpret a few Todd songs, and I, and there's actually a few that probably would be a real good fit for you. Um, I don't know. I don't know. You, I don't know. You do a whole album worth, but I, I certainly love to hear you tackle a few of his numbers. There's your request. Well, let All me right. let let me look into that. It's kind of like okay. me having smoked the marijuana since he was in high school. I was putting <laughs> these concepts together in my head before he started recording. So we haven't gotten to his name on the list yet. He's yeah. away. Yeah, he's not there yet. <laughs> I'll be happy. No, I have so, so many things. I mean, yeah. you never know what's going to happen. Somebody could come in mm-hmm. up and say, hey, Todd's going to produce this. We want you to do these tunes. It could stop everything. But it's not mm-hmm. on my list of things to do next. Yeah. I've got a whole gang of things that I've had on the list for a long time. But yeah. I can be bought. <laughs> <laughs> I can yeah, be right. bought. <laughs> But I'd love, I'd, I'd, just, I'd love to just see Todd. I haven't seen him in so long. I think the yeah. last time we were at uh, Carnegie Hall together in tribute to somebody, I don't know. Yeah, I remember that. Nice. Uh, yeah. Carnegie but, Hall. Uh, that's, was it, I've not seen him. That's been a couple was it, of years. Was I it think. Aretha? I think he did a thing for Aretha. I can't remember. Yeah. 
I think it was Aretha. Yeah. I can't remember. I've done 15 of them. <laughs> oh, wow. Because Michael Dorff has kind of he adopted me, and he's, I met, uh, <laughs> who owns the city winery chain. He's mm-hmm. he's done, if, if you're begging in this business, he's done, and I was, and I am. He's um, one of the first to hire me here. He hired my grandson and trained him and made him a sommelier and a bartender. And uh, it it just changed his whole conversation completely. A young guy from the inner city of Detroit, when he goes home now talking about pairing wine with hamburgers. (laughs) 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 But but I've done, because of that, I've had, uh, had the opportunity to do 15 of them. And I'm so very proud of that. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. All right, I'll let you go, Betty. It was great to okay, talk so to you. Okay, so let me Thank ask you, you this. Everything. Do all yeah. of you, the, the three people I've talked to, do all of you do the show together all the time? No. no we really not doing it. Sometimes we'll have a guest, you know, that will go, go on with him. But, no, usually we're just occasionally we'll call in and speak to, you know, whoever the guest is. Um, well, I think that the concept is, is 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 very good. I mean, if you had three people asking questions from three different places in the country, I'm talking to one person in a place I haven't worked in forever. I'm talking <laughs> to one person in a place I work every other week when I'm working. And yeah. I, it, it's... Um, to get their perspective on the artist, and I'm sure that some artists are just big everywhere, but some artists are big and some bigger than in some places than they are others. And mm-hmm. to have True. three people from different places in the country in in a, a, a simulcast kind of thing, I just think that would be extremely interesting. We all have records that sell in one area that don't sell in other areas. So That's it would true. be... I, it would be. I think it would be very, very interesting. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do it. Uh, we've interviewed a lot of people, and we usually take callers, and we've had them from all over the country, and try to spread the word mm-hmm. out about good music. That's the main thing. Well, so. it's, it's great. I am so grateful to you all for for what you're doing and keeping mm. us alive. <laughs> <laughs> we get, we we buy some music now. We'll definitely go see you live. I can tell you that. That's when when that gets back, you know, or or maybe do a virtual with you sometime. We'll see. But we appreciate yeah. you taking time to talk to us. That's very nice of him. Well, when y'all talk to Todd, tell him I love him as much as ever. <laughs> All right, we'll do. <laughs> Thanks hopefully, so much. I'll see him soon. Yeah. Thank you guys okay. so much. Thank you. All right. All right. Thank Bye-bye. you, Betty. Take care. All the best. Bye-bye. Something happened just the other night. I had a vision in the middle of a day dream. Hi, everybody. This is Todd Rundgren, and you're listening to RundgrenRadio.com. In a place I've never been before, I couldn't tell if I was still.